0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, welcome back to the Behold podcast, everybody. This is Sean and Dan, as always. Holla, holla. Alleluia. Ooh. There we go. That was good. Uh how are you, buddy?
1: I'm great. Yeah, it's been it's been a good start to the day so far. Uh I played some pickleball. Well, I took took the kids to school. That's my that's my daily daddy duty. And then played some pickleball and Do you just
0: dominate when you play pickleball? This is how I picture you. I picture it like you're the king of the court. <laughs> just like stomping on a bunch of dudes.
1: Oh, uh, you know, it's it's really a, a competitive group. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really good players out there. And I don't play every day, but like I would say 90% of the people literally play every day wow. and maybe twice a day. Some of them do. Um, so I'm definitely, I have, uh, I, I, you know, I'm pretty, I can fly around out there. I, I'm pretty fast and strong, um, but I'm still working on my, on my touch I see. part of my game. There's, there's some people out there that can sneak, kind of beat me with their mind a little can bit. can feel it. Yeah, exactly. So but anyway, yeah, played some pickleball. We we have our prayer meetings, staff prayer meetings. That was a super encouraging time. We got to pray with Charlie. And, um, and now I'm here doing this, so great start to the day.
0: And this is the peak of your day, right?
1: Pretty much. It's all downhill from here.
0: Oh, boy. Well, hopefully, whoever you are listening, that this is a, you view this in a similar way, that this is a highlight for your day. Hopefully, it's an encouraging part of your day, and we're just stoked that you guys are joining us. We are currently kind of in between teaching series. You know, here at the Crossing Campus, this is the final week of the Heaven series. You are getting one more week of Q&A. And then at the Altamont campus this week, we're launching our new teaching series, which is called Resurrection Life. And man, we're just, what a fun flow, you know, coming out of the the Christmas series and just the hope we have and the promise that was made and kept, you know, in Jesus Mm -hmm. and then talking about what's to come, what's been promised. And then now what that means for us right now, the resurrection life we have. So I'm really excited about it.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like Jesus came to establish his kingdom and it's and it's here and now, but it's already to but it's it's yet to come too, right? The fullness of it hasn't been uh, you know, unfolded yet. And then now it's like, Okay, well well you're you're a part of that kingdom. So what does that look like? What does it look like to to live a different kind of life? So yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, and we, we thought that this week rather than um just further pick apart the questions that were answered on Sunday. Right. We feel like they did a good job of answering those. It would take a little bit of a break from the normal routine and look forward instead um, and take a look at what's to come with this first week of, of resurrection life. So we're going to read that that chunk of scripture that we're going to be going through together. And there's maybe a couple takeaways and then maybe one fun way we can uh, apply that uh, in our lives today. So the series is going to start in 2 Corinthians 2. And we're going through 2 Corinthians 2 until uh, chapter 5. And this first week is going to be Second Corinthians 2, verse 14 to 17. That's what's launching us in this Resurrection Life series. So I'm just going to read it. We're doing it live. I'm just going to read it, and then we'll do, it. Uh, talk about a couple takeaways for us. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance, fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who, Who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one, a fragrance from death to to death to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ.
1: Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. Um, So, I don't know if you remember, but kind of in the middle of the pandemic, I I had memorized a big chunk of Second Corinthians and mm-hmm. this passage was in it. And man, just some just some amazing uh truths in here. I think, you know, one of the big things that God was speaking to me back then when I was going through it is just just kind of right smack dab in the middle of this idea of like who is sufficient for these things? Mm. Right. It's like it's like basically. Paul is saying, we we're called to this, this amazing, uh, triumphal procession. We're, we're, we're called to this kind of life that declares and, um, spreads the victory of Christ. We're, we're called to like represent that. And it's almost like in the middle of that he's like, he's like, man, this is, this is almost like too wonderful for any of us. Right. He says, who is sufficient for these things? Um, and basically he goes on to say like, this isn't about us, right? There's nothing special about, about me. It's just that we, I've been commissioned by God to, to represent this kind of victory in this kind of life. And, um, I'm sure we're going to get into this in the series, but there's, uh, you know, this interesting, uh, historical kind of detail about a triumphal procession. Have you ever done any like historical looking into like what back in the day, like, in the time this was written, like what, what, what happened typically, like when basically, uh, an army would return from, from a victory, mm-hmm. right? So they went to battle and then they were returning. We ever looked into that, that yeah, a before. Little
0: bit. It's fascinating. Yeah,
1: it's really cool. So a lot of times what would happen is, you know, these armies would, would return from, from battle and they would have the, the, this procession, you know, through the middle of town, Um, basically showing off their, their spoils of war, you know, uh, you know, showing the cap, the captors that are the captives that they've taken. Um, and people would, would just gather around like a parade basically. And just, uh, it would be this massive celebration of victory. And a lot of times what would happen is, uh, to celebrate the people in the town would burn incense. And so there, there was literally the fragrance of victory in the air and, and you could, I mean, it was palpable, you know, you could, you could really with your senses, uh, understand, Hey, we won, you know? And now, and then you think about, okay, who's there? Like in the procession, right? You've got the, the, the people who, um, fought the battle, you know, you've got the victors, um, but you've also got the people that, you know, we're, we're, we're taken captive Mm -hmm. and they're in this procession as well. And so it's interesting, like, so there's this aroma of victory going up, but to one, it's the victory of, it's the smell of victory, but to the other, it's the smell of defeat. And I think that's really interesting that, you know, we are walking in the victory of Christ amongst people who haven't experienced that victory yet. So it's just kind of an interesting, um, you know, picture for us.
0: No, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, and it's encouraging and like hopeful to to have that picture. I think it almost reminds me of um, I don't know if you've ever been to like an Indian wedding mm. But like the barat that they do like uh, the processional. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like we don't in our You know society and our culture those kinds of processionals and parades aren't really a big part of life for us. Yeah, like maybe we'll go to like a Fourth of July parade kind of sure, thing, but sure. not this kind of like overwhelming celebration and triumphal kind of thing together. We just mm-hmm. all let loose together. I and mean, may, I don't know, maybe like a Trump rally. Oh boy, <laughs> just keep <laughs> <laughs> <gonna> Delete that. <laughs> We're gonna do that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, I mean, it looks like a good time. What can I say? <laughs> but you know, I think it's it's interesting to think about. For these people during this day, it was a part of their life. They like yeah. you said, like they're they're accustomed to this and they knew when you're giving this picture of, man, this this triumphant celebratory victorious parade, like they they know what you're talking about and they can yeah. feel it.
1: Yeah.
0: And so for me, I was reading that the takeaway that I had was um, you know, what I love just that that picture of of Jesus triumphantly, you know, leading us, you know, and being the at the forefront of that but then I think, well, what's our role in this? You know, what are we supposed to be doing? Um, like if I'm picturing this scene where we're going down the street, you know, like right. what exactly does God want us to be doing? You know, I mean, I just love in verse 14, thanks be to God who in Christ leads us in this triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. And it's like, man, God has intention and purpose for us mm-hmm. in this, you know, we're, we're to be the ones spreading that fragrance that you were just describing it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, Patty and I are reading this book right now called Parenting by Paul Tripp. It's great. And kind of his thing on the, in this particular book is just all about how, you know, we're missing these days gospel, you know, truth in our parenting.
1: Hmm.
0: Which is not, not a shocker. But anyways, he he says this thing that I really appreciate, I've been thinking a lot about is that, you know, as parents we, we way too frequently get hung up in what what we want our kids to or what we want for our kids and then what we want from our kids, hmm. like we just, we care too much as parents about what, what we want them to be when they grow up and then we care too much about what they're doing back for us right now. Are they listening to us? All yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But Paul says, no, really what God wants in your life as parents is, is he wants to do a holy work through you in your kids. Hmm. You know, I'm just thinking that a lot of like, man, God's purpose for Wendy, my daughter is, yeah. is to, for his glory through me in my daughter, as far as, as it pertains to my parenting, you know? Yeah, that's cool. But I just love kind of in on that same vein thinking about this is just, man, God God has has glorious work to do, fragrance spreading work of the aroma of Christ through us in Christ as
1: part of this whole scene, you know? Well, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that, it, you know, I mean, essentially what, what we're seeing is God has triumphed in Christ. But we're not spectators in that. We're invited into that we're, we we get to share in the victory of Christ because we're being led, you know, with Christ in this triumphal procession. So we play an active role in the, the spreading of the fragrance of victory. Mm-hmm. And I think that is humbling and just, it's, it's amazing. And, and it's like, it makes me want to, um, I don't know, like, like, live a life that's worthy of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, whether it's with our kids or whether it's with, um, you know, our coworkers or just the people that randomly God brings into our path, it's like, man, do they, when they're around me, do they sense something different? Like, can they smell victory, you know? Life and yeah. All when, things, when they're yeah. around me, you know? And I think, it, 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 you know, it's kind of funny, like, to think of a smell, like, in the air, you know, because usually, uh, I don't know, it, it, it comes to mind, like, oh, someone's got bad breath, or, like, <laughs> they've, they're over, overpowering perfume, yeah. and it gives you a headache, or whatever, but, but just, like, I think that is such a, a beautiful picture for us, because we all know, like, the sense of smell, like, it, it arrests you, you know what I mean? Like, whatever you, I mean, you could, you could smell, you know, a scent and instantly be transported to a a time and place. You know, maybe it's like when your mom makes like that pot roast or something and it's like, oh, I smell that. And it takes me instantly back to childhood or, um, or whatever, you know, like, so I I just, I think like it it definitely is, it gets you thinking about what kind of impression am I having on people? So,
0: yeah, Yeah. with a smell thing, I mean, now we're talking more about food, but it's like, And have you ever been just like really just starving and like ravenously hungry kind of right, thing? Right. And then you like walk outside and your neighbor's like cooking steaks in the barbecue or something and that smell just hits you and you're like, oh my gosh, I need that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And but it's like when you think about it and there's a much greater starvation going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think people even if they don't realize maybe you didn't even know you're hungry and all of a sudden yeah. you smell you know in and out down the street and you're like man I am starving totally I <laughs> think God does a similar work in that they may not even understand their need and their hunger and their drought in their life you know missing the savior but then they like you said they see that they can smell it on your on your skin and your life yeah. just the, the, the hope and peace and victory that you have like oh man I am missing that so yeah, yeah. it's really encouraging it's cool one of the things I think is interesting to think about in this this context of being an aroma for Christ is like, yeah, we can, you know, talk about Jesus and we can be loving and love one another like we talked about last week, you know, loving one another and bearing fruit in that way. But there's a lot of other creative ways, right, that we can use our gifts to just in subtle ways be, be aromas for Christ in our neighborhoods and our families and our Facebooks and whatnot. So what are some things that come to mind for you or maybe some examples in our community?
1: Yeah, well you know, I think, I think for us, um, the music that we make, I think is a huge, uh, opportunity. And, and sometimes we, cause we obviously, you know, write music and r- release it and send it out into the, into the universe. Um, and, and I believe God uses that too, but, but even just, you know, as people are, are coming into our church buildings on Sunday mornings, you, you know, like God, God can really work through those times of, of worship and, and, and through the creative, uh, you know, arts of, of what they see and what they hear. And, um, and I'm always praying that people will come to our, to our, our buildings that don't know him yet, or, or maybe that are, um, you know, in a, in a dry place in their faith and, and can come in and be restored and encouraged. Um, you know, I, there's, a a great example. I mean, that was a, that was a beautiful little layup you just gave me, but um, we actually have a special guest on the podcast uh, today. I knew it. Yeah, I know. So many of you guys know Corin Filmer. Um, She's been a faithful part of our uh, church family for many years and she uh, is, is a poet and she uh, has, has uh, put out a couple books and this new, this new book that we're going to talk about today is called Love Remains True. And it's just a collection of, of poems and really the the heart behind these poems is is one of sharing this victory and this this resurrection life with with people uh that they they get their hands on this book and so we're we're gonna have Corin come in and she's gonna read a couple poems for us and uh, we're gonna just ask her a little bit about the story behind the poems and her her heart just behind the book and her ministry and so um I think she's waiting out there, so why don't we why don't we go get her and and let's uh, let's see what she has for us Let's get this rodeo going. Well, all right. Uh, Corinne is here. Welcome. Welcome, and uh, it's great to have you. How how you doing? How you feeling? What's new? What's good? <laughs> I'm good. I'm
2: fine. I'm here. Um, I have this huge microphone right in my face, so I'm really relaxed. And,
1: nice. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Very natural. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so how's, uh, how's the, the new year been uh, been going for you? Has it started off well? Uh, yes, I was a bit sick at the new year, but now I'm feeling really
2: good. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's been good so far.
1: Good, yeah. good. If you don't know Corin, um, I'm sure you've, you've noticed by now that she has uh, a wonderful, beautiful uh, uh, English accent. I don't know if uh, you want to share, where, where are you from originally? Well, we've,
2: we moved around a lot in England, so that's why I sort of have this nondescript BBC accent, because I never <laughs> no. stayed long enough anywhere to pick up the local accent. So, um, But when I go back and visit my father, who's actually come to visit here a couple of times that's in the southwest so near bristol
1: oh okay okay cool Mm. it's uh yeah it's it's really lovely to have this is i think this is our first uh person you know with uh with an english accent on here so uh, this is we're making we're making behold podcast history (laughs) so this is this is awesome cool well like we said earlier you're here to talk about your new book love remains true a uh, collection of, of wonderful, beautiful poems, and um, you know, I was I was reading just kind of I don't know what you would call it, like a an introduction to the book, or, or it's almost like it, it kind of sets it up. But it, you know, I was I was uh kind of taken back by all of this. Kind of happened in the middle of the pandemic. It sounds like it sounds like the idea for the book. You were about to release it. You're about to put it out there, and then the world kind of went crazy. Do you do you want to talk a little bit just about? what that time was like for you and yes. and why you decided to move forward with it anyway. Okay. So yes, actually the, the book that I um,
2: published at the beginning of the pandemic was actually my first book, which is called Love, Loving Love, which had been a long time in the making um, due to all sorts of things like Fear and, you know, um, learning how to do a self... Could I even self-publish something? That was a, a journey in itself. So um, so I got it all ready and finally this was going to happen and it literally was on Amazon. I almost pressed the button the day before then the world stopped. Oh, that's wow. crazy. So it was so crazy. And I'm just thinking there was going to be some sort of a you know, launch party. There was going to be you know, <laughs> events or right. whatever. And suddenly we're all at home um, in fear and not knowing what's happening. So I just sort of thought about that for a while. And then I just thought to myself, well, maybe, you know, as crazy a time as it is, it's maybe the best time for a book like this mm-hmm. where – I'm talking about God's love and his love for us and, and how important you know that is to you know to counter this this period of just intense fear that it was at the very beginning
1: of the pandemic. Absolutely. So, so
2: yes, it was, um, it's all God's timing. <laughs> yep,
1: he knew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So yes, yeah, so I think, I think I, I maybe was a little bit misunderstanding. So, so the first book came out right at the pandemic. That's so when right. did this book come out? So this
2: has only just come out, um, December 21st. Wow. wow. Exciting. Is yes. That? Yes. So that was, that, that is exciting. Um, the third one probably won't, take much, much longer because I had so many poems that I've written over a period of time. And now I've used them all up. So. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I've got to write some more now. But um, yes. Well, so. t- well, tell us a little bit about the creative process because you know, Sean and I are songwriters. And, right. And yes. We, and I was we, wondering. Yeah. So we, um, you know, we've got a couple of different ways we do it and, and things kind of, Sometimes things come just organically, or sometimes we'll sit down and be like, "Hey, here's here's a couple of ideas you want to put in a song or mm. whatever." So it'd be it'd be great, I think, just to share your creative process. Like, how do you how do you go about writing these poems? And it varies to
2: be to be honest, because um, probably the, the very first one that I wrote, which was the key literally, and I'm holding it in my hand here. I'd been given a key at the very first Bible study that I went to. And um, I wasn't really a complete believer at that point. I'd I'd started to go to a church in Southern California. And this lady gave me this key is, you know, everybody's around the table. And this key was representing Jesus. We all took a key and there was a lock in the middle of the table. And this is Jesus unlocking, you know, our hearts. And so Mm -hmm. I sort of went home with my big Bible study book and had a Bible on the table. And I had this key in my hand. And I'm just I just sort of sat there, and I was. It came to me, and it just sort of wrote itself. So some of the poems do that, and they can be on physical things. Like I remember one of the um, Easter's here, we were, we were given a nail, you know, the, the yeah the, for the cross, and so on. a poem came from that one. Just mm. again, holding that in my hand. But sometimes, and often, from Bible studies, you know, that I'm studying something, and just it's on my heart, and it's almost like there's a. I guess like a a connection or a feeling that either there's something I need to learn more about this or it's a sort of a, I don't know, the spirit is leading me in some direction. And then sometimes it can be, I've written a couple just from scriptures, but.
1: uh, That's so cool. Mm.
0: Well, it's so encouraging. And it's funny because right before you came on, Corinne, Dan and I were talking about uh, 2 Corinthians 2 and that section about being the aroma of Christ And it's so fitting because, you know, God's purpose in us in life is through us. We've seen that scripture, you know, we're to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. And so it's so interesting hearing you just say, oh, yeah, I had this encounter and I had to write a poem about it and spread the knowledge of God. Or this happened, I had to write a poem. And just you're doing that process live through your creative giftings. And it's so encouraging to to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Would you tell us, you know, if you could just uh, some of the kind of the fruit. Of, of these poems because i know i know how it is you know you create something you just put it out into the world and it's like okay god like ah, you know am i gonna mm. hear anything am i gonna right? am i gonna see where this stuff lands well, have you seen some of it yeah i was gonna say at the very beginning
2: i think a lot of this is a journey that god's taken me on to um grow me as a person because i, I wrote my this first poem and then it was like okay this is like close to my heart but what do i now do about this because i i felt like it was I needed to read it, and that was great. But then I just had this feeling I needed to share it. And I'm not a super um, confident person just to sort of um, start blurting out something that I've written. And so I went back to that Bible study the next um, time I was there. And I'm sitting there, and I had this feeling like, share the poem, share the poem. And I'm sitting there going, no, why? Do I have to? Uh, Really? And so... I did, and um, and it, there was just a, you know, you're a moment like that. And you think, okay, is everyone going to laugh? You know, what She's was very that? vulnerable. I know, yeah. I know, and so, but it was great. And a lot of them were, wow, that's really, you know, can I have that? I'd love to, you know, just hear that again or write it. So I, I distributed it, and so then I would write different poems, and then sometimes I'd feel like I would need to share them. But again, God really needs to work on me. Um, through sort of fear and perfectionism and a feeling of they would not be good enough. Mm. And, and and he took me on a journey really of teaching me that it really isn't all about me. Mm, <laughs> this is good. stuff that I need to just be obedient and share and, and he will do whatever, you know, he wants with it. And so um, so I did the book and then, um, yes, it's not like Amazon blew up, <laughs> <laughs> but um, gradually, you know, the world began to open up. And, and and every time something's happened with the book, it's always like a relationship making cool. time. Wow. So I sort of feel, and I just feel like God is so about relationships. So I, I've had people come to encourage me. I went to um, Inklings, you know, I was given like, go to Inklings. And and you know maybe they'll have a few copies and so I, I met a, a cool guy there and he said why don't you do um, a book signing and That's I was so cool. well we're in a pandemic is
1: that yeah, even, we, you yeah. know allowed
2: <laughs> and that was by the stage things were beginning to open up a little bit so we organised an outdoor area and masks and everything and so I did this book signing. And I was, well, will anybody turn up? You know, because mm. there's always those. That are, and then I remember the first person who came was Kim Chu and she just came and prayed. And it there was was just so cool. so cool. And then from then on, I think I, you know, I, I wrote and signed about 40 books and so many people wow. came and it was literally the first time that many of these people had left their houses or had any encounter or seen another person from BBC. And it was just such a sweet moment to have that you know, togetherness, and uh, hmm. so that was uh, probably one of my highlights of wow. the. Uh,
1: That's so good. We're going to have you read uh, a poem from from the new book uh, here in, in a second, hmm. and <clears throat> I think the one we picked out is really fitting uh, because it's entitled "Holy Spirit," and just hearing you talk about the journey that God's been having you on, <clears throat> it really seems like uh, the Spirit has been been you know uh, encouraging you and putting things on your heart, like even to share in that first, that first poem, that first time, uh, do you feel like that was the Holy Spirit, like mm. urging you to do that and then just kind of encouraging you all the way through? Um, so I think, I think it's just amazing to, to see, cause sometimes we get those, uh, we get those thoughts or those unctions or those like stirring you know, and we're like, ah, I'm not going to do it, you know, or we chicken out or whatever. And so I, I think it's a really great encouragement for our listeners just to say, hey, when God is moving in your heart to do something, you you know, run, don't walk, like mm-hmm. do it I, in spite of the fear, in spite of like the, maybe the, the, the weirdness of it or whatever, you know, I, I don't think anyone's ever regretted doing something that God has, has laid on their heart to do. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'd also say
2: Believe me, there's been a lot of times when I haven't acted, so um, I completely understand that. So you're not
1: you're not like a perfect uh, saint, <laughs> funny, you know. Funny yeah, you yeah, should yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, still whatever, working on that one. Okay, well, we'll, we'll hit us with this uh, this poem. It's called Holy Spirit. It's on page 25 of the new book, um, and uh, yeah, let's all just kind of take a deep breath and uh, take this in. Okay. Your
2: spirit calls to know me to breathe life where darkness only reigned. To bring power, change the hardest heart and make beauty from the pieces that remain. To lift my prayers on clouds of incense to the heavens. To transform lives and love beyond my gain. To show the path for each and every footstep to fill me with the purest burning flame. So others get to taste the sweetest joy that even in their pain, you love them. Your spirit calls to know me, and mine yearns to know you more.
1: Oh, that's beautiful! Can we snap? Is that is that, that cool? <laughs> I feel like that's what you're supposed to do.
0: Well, this should be a weekly bit where Corinne just comes yeah. and reads something on the. It's, it's so calming. So, it's so
1: calming. Yeah, it's so it's so good. Sean, what are, what are your initial thoughts on this after hearing that?
0: Yeah, I mean it's just beautiful. You know, I love your honesty and your transparency and. I think this is something that we've been talking about recently on the podcast and just in our church family of just, it's it's becoming very easy, I think, culturally to become just kind of complacent and laid back a little bit in, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you know, and not having this kind of yearning for the Spirit's presence in our life and the work that he came to do in our life. And it's so refreshing to see this and it is all of those things. I mm. do want that. And just that invitation to, 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 to have the spirit do that work in our hearts, in our lives. And, and it calls to mind to me, uh, John 14, when, when Jesus is talking about, um, promising the Holy spirit and, you know, people are, they know that Jesus is going to be leaving and they're freaking out, you know, they're, they're very worried, but God says, or Jesus says, no, I'm giving you this helper, the Holy spirit. And then he says, and I, I love this cause it, it ties into just this idea of, the Spirit giving us peace, you know, and a calm, and all those things. He mm. says, "But the Helper, of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. You're not as the world gives, but but I give you peace. And I just love that, just that that picture of the Holy Spirit being our Helper, our Guarantor, our all those things, but ultimately also a bringer of peace
1: for us. That's so good. I mean, there's so much in here just about um, just the way of the work that the Holy Spirit does like to, to breathe life into us, to bring us power, to, um, to, to be our intercessor, right. To take our prayers and, and, and bring them to the father um, to show us the right path, right. To, to give us that guidance um, to help us reflect God's uh, joy and love to others. I'm curious, Corin, like when you, when, when you wrote this, was it coming from a, were you kind of like, is it almost like a prayer? Cause to me, it almost sounds like a prayer. Is it a prayer kind of uh, that you are, were having kind of uh, being a follower of Christ, having the indwelling indwell, of the Holy spirit, but wanting more mm. or is it, or were you kind of like, you know, thinking back to, the days, you know, the dark days <laughs> before you trusted Christ, before you had his spirit inside of you, like kind of w- what's, what was the heartbeat of it? Like when you wrote it? Well, funnily enough, this is one that, um, I did during, um,
2: I don't know if the, um, Bible study that the women here at Valley Bibles church did the unveiled heart. Yeah, yeah. And it's a long time I did it now, but I think there's a, a whole section on the Holy spirit. So I'd been, you know, we'd really been pouring over the Holy, Holy Spirit and w- what it meant and, you know, all of these things in there. And so um, I think one of the ladies jokingly said, oh, you should write a poem about that, Karen." <laughs> Perfect. And, and it doesn't often happen like that. But I thought, I really should. <laughs> so I guess that was one of those times where, yes, I mean, I think everything that you said is true because I lived the vast majority of my life not as a believer. So I absolutely remember and um, can still have very much a go-to, you know, reaction of, you know, before I knew Jesus Jesus and the Spirit in my life. So that's always very real. And so I think that has really given me a heart to try and really share to people who are not believers because you know, I, I, in my situation, I am the only believer in my family, um, so I, I know and I can remember and I see life without the you know the spirit there. Mm. So I suppose, in a way, a lot of these poems, especially my first book, was it's just my heart. I guess is to, to really reach out to to people in a way that they might see God in a completely different way. Mm. That um, when I I was thinking about publishing or putting together the first book and my father came to visit and we were talking about you know our poems and he's, and I had this messy book with all my bits of paper all sort of stuck in it. and he said I'd like to read them so I like uh, oh okay so I sort of gave him my book and he sat and he read it and then I'm in the other room thinking oh you know and I come out and he's just crying and I think my first thing is oh my gosh they're that bad and then afterwards he was <laughs> It was just like amazing that he'd never really, you know, felt that, seen God uh, in those ways all the, the love of God and yeah, the relationship yeah, with God. Yeah. And then he said to me, you should really publish this because other people should, you know. And I think coming from England, he, you know, his only experience of church or whatever has been Church of England. So he'd never been to, he'd never really heard about a relationship. Yeah. So, yes, I feel like... Um, these poems are prayers, they're things I need to learn, but there's also a feeling that this is what I need to try
1: and just share. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, and I, I really think that's why God gave us the arts, you know, whether it's, um, you know, uh, performing arts, uh, you know, music, or whether it's poetry or it's, you know, even even just, um, you know, a beautiful painting or, or a sculpture or whatever, like because I think uh, it has... It, the arts have an ability to to get to our uh, our emotions and our affections in a way that that just kind of like prose or or just you know facts can't mm. you know and, and so i think
2: god's heart he, he he's so creative yes. that, that he wants that in us and um, i think in my book my first book somewhere i sort of say pe- to people you know what I've done with my book is I've given a blank page next to each poem because yeah. I think that, you know, see what stirs in you when you read that, you know, whether it's a scripture that comes to mind, whether it's words or thoughts that come to your head, whether you want to draw something, but just, you know, mm. where does that creativity take you? And I feel that each each step of creativity is, um, you know, it's, it's after the heart of God, God wants us to be. Creative in our relationship, you know, with Him.
1: Yeah, it's the knowledge of God has to become experiential yes. knowledge as well, yes.
0: right? Yeah, well, I just I love that, you know, um, like you said, Dan, ar- the arts and music and visuals and poetry, all these things, they, they can make you feel things, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm convinced that nothing can make you feel things like arts that are grounded in God's truths, you know? Because mm-hmm. ultimately such a greater, deeper, richer kind of thing because we're feeling it, but also we know it, it is... Real, the Holy Spirit's real. We're experiencing these things that are real. So I even love. I mean, to transplant, to to rob your 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 words here. You know, I think that Corinne, God has gifted you, and you're using your gifts so that even say here. I mean, you're talking about 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 the footsteps and, and the path. You know, but I would even say right now, I think that man, God has let you use your gifts so that through your poetry, others can taste that sweetest of joys. You know, to know that God loves them even in their pain. It's just. And just that little sliver of just reading this poetry for thirty seconds when I was listening to you, I was like, man, I feel this. The Holy Spirit yeah. desires to know me and be near to me and help me and all those things,
1: yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Well, hopefully, at home, you guys are stirred to to do something creative, too. I mean, I think even um if you don't if you don't have the book and and you can't kind of write write along with with what Corin has written for us, I think another exercise to do is just read a psalm, you know, and then, and find the poetry in that and then, you know, put it in your own words. And, and I think, uh, I think that you see the heart of David or whoever's writing the Psalm, just the emotional guttural kinds of things they're going through, whether it's highs, highs or low lows, um, but, but, but staying grounded in, in the character of God, who he is and, and his works. What is it? What's he, he, has he done? And, and I think, uh, I think probably we could all stand to exercise that creative muscle a little bit more. Cool. All right. Well, let's do one more. And, you know, when I was talking with Corin earlier this week, uh, you know, we were trying to pick a couple of poems and she, she said, it's uh, it's like picking your favorite kids, you know, how do you, how do you decide which ones to do? But we ultimately decided on reading the key, which you mentioned earlier, which really kind of started this whole journey for you. And so if you would just read the key for us and then... Um, and then maybe just talk a little bit about uh, what happens after that in the book. There's the about you section. And I feel like mm-hmm. really it, it just kind of shares your heart for your ministry, really. So, so read for us the key and then let's talk a little bit about um, kind of what you hope to see God do with the book. Okay.
2: I close my eyes and see more clearly than I have for years. This key, more ancient than the heavens, calls my name as it has always done. Only now does it reach my ear. Only now do I reach to touch its perfect trinity. Come, open me.
1: Mm, good, Arv, get some snaps going. Beholders at home, get your snaps going. <laughs> Goodness, that's good. That's so so beautiful. All right, so so Corin, you know, just just talk. I know you 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 told the story of 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 how the idea came about, um, but why don't you just talk about how it's kind of, um where it is today you know in terms of like what you what you hope to see God do with with these words he's given you
2: yeah that's that's a great question so this recently this book second book came out and so um like you said earlier it's really hard to know um what what does success or whatever what does that <laughs> right, look exactly. like and um for me uh, it could be you know, one person shares a poem with somebody and it touches them in a way and, you know, they reconsider their whole attitude towards God and maybe they are then led. And it's, it's a, you know, I, I'm not expecting a poem to completely change someone's lives, but they, they'll be led to, towards God's truth more. Mm. And, and, and they will just, you know, their curiosity will be piqued that they want to find out more. So it might just be that, you know, one person might, come to know Jesus in this whole process and that is a success you know it's a, it's. I guess yeah. it's just about trying to spread the kingdom in whatever way that's going to look like and I feel that that's you know in God's hands and he knows what it is that you know and who he wants the poems to go to and I, I was talking to a friend of mine at church um, Sheila and she bought the book and she was reading it and sort of enjoyed it and she just left it out um, in her home and then her husband couldn't sleep one night and he wakes up at like 2 a.m. and he's like, what am I going to do? And he finds the book and then he, he was telling me that next time I saw him, he said, and I just started reading and I just went through the whole thing and I thought, mm. you know, he hadn't and probably I don't know whether your average man is going to want to pick up a <laughs> book on poetry, you know, because he'd like poetry, you know, and but he opened it anyway. So, you know, who knows where these books will end up and, you know, I've given a lot out to people and I you know I just give it to God really and what he wants to do but I'm trying you know to do things like you should and have an Instagram account and things like that just to try and get um, it out there because how do you get a book found you know when you're on Amazon it's like Needle and haystack—a very, very, very big haystack. That's (laughs) right, exactly. Um, So I do that very badly, Um, but I'm trying just because I think that's the way that people find out things these days. But as I said, I, I more and more each step is about trusting God, and I feel like that's um, what I'm going to do with my books and my life.
0: Well, just to give a little bit of a spoiler here, actually, I, just as you're telling that, I love that idea. It makes me want to like start like a ministry where you just like leave a book and like a Starbucks every day of the week and like <laughs> yes. leave it for someone else to just pick up and happen upon, you know. Um, but hey, we wanted to read this, um, which is the ending of your book, and just ask you about it because it's, it's it's a beautiful way to end. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you ended with this. He, he wants not only us, but everyone saved, you know, everyone to get to know the truth we've learned. That there's one God and only one, and one priest mediator between God and us, Jesus, who offered himself in exchange for everyone held captive by sin to set them all free. Eventually, the news is going to get out. This and this only has been my appointed work, getting this news to those who have never heard of God and explaining how it works by simple faith and plain truth. First Timothy two, three through seven. I just I love that. What a what a banger to go out on that really <laughs> that really points to what we're talking about. What what convicted you to make that the way to, to send it
1: off?
2: Well I guess with this second book and you know, obviously this came out again later on in I believe we're in the same we're pandemic, still in the pandemic here. Pandemic, that's that's right.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. But I've just sort of felt that there's just a real call in my heart to get it out you know to get God's message out to people I just feel I think I wrote in here I said his call for a relationship with you is getting more and more compelling can you sense the urgency investigate this life-changing relationship while you still can don't keep putting him off and I feel that there is probably you know there, there are probably a lot of people out there who who have been putting him off thinking "Oh, I've just you know life whatever but you know, with everything that's happening in the world as it is, you know, can you really afford to keep putting mm-hmm. him off? And so, my sense there's a, just a sense of urgency that it it needs to get out. You know,
1: people need to know. Yeah, and, and God's being patient, right? Um, Paul Paul also writes that to Timothy: Hey, don't don't confuse God's patience with Him being slow to fulfill His promises. Um, he's, he's waiting for more and more people to respond to his call. And so, um, man, I just think, yeah, wherever that lands with you, whether you're holding out hope and and praying and contending for someone you love to, to come put their faith in Christ or, or you yourself have been dragging your feet with him in some way. Um, yeah, like if you hear his voice today, don't harden your hearts. Right. And, and so I think, um, what an, what an inspiration for us and and what a a simple kind of response that is needed right um, mm. just it's i love how, how does that verse end and that it's the message translation but i love how it ends right that uh, it works by simple faith and plain truth right that there's not some um, i don't know special combination of things we have to do or some you know rigmarole hoop we have to jump through it's just it's just hearing the, the the gospel truth and then responding with simple faith.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I, and I really appreciate that you ended with that because, you know, when it, talking about poetry and creative arts and all those kinds of things, sometimes we have this discussion about, because, you know, poetry and songwriting go hand in hand. Much of our songs are just poetry, you know. And sometimes people feel like, oh, we can't sing poetry in church. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not grounded enough, or it's not straight scripture enough. You know, um, but I think it's important that we do have these expressions that are just honest outreaches to God or the Holy Spirit or to Jesus that are expressions of our faith with Him. Uh, but I just I you, you paired it so well with truth. You know that man. None of these none of these expressions are in, in competition or against what God says, they all align with the promises he's made. And at the end of the day, this is what it's about. I just love that you in a non-confusible way, Hmm. let people know what's up, you know, that this is why you're doing all this. It's just beautiful.
1: Well, thank you so much, Corin, for, for coming. Uh, the book is called love remains true and you can get it on Amazon. Um, or probably just stop her, uh, in church one week. I'm sure she has a bunch in her car or whatever. Um, but, Corin, thank you so much for being with us and what a treat it is. And I look forward to uh, getting into this book more and more. So thank mm, you. My pleasure. Yeah. Sean, you want to take us out? Any, any last-minute things we need for the week?
0: No, just, man, what a joy. Hopefully it's been encouraging, like we said in the beginning, for you, like it has been for us. Corin, again, just what, what a delight to have you. And, and I'm serious. I'd love to have you just read something to me weekly just yeah, yeah. just to have that in my life.
1: Yeah, and, and maybe, maybe one of these days we'll turn one of these uh, poems into a song. With your permission.
0: hey yo. Okay, so wow. stay tuned for
1: that. All right, guys. Yeah. Hey, have a great week. We'll see you guys Sunday. God bless.
0: Resurrection Life, y'all. See you there. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out VBC.online forward slash Behold. Catch you guys
1: next week.